Hey everyone out there, this is Eddie. I just wanted to chime in real quick before this episode and let you know that if at any moment it seems like this episode and the Space Jam episode are kind of out of order, that's because they are. As we said in Space Jam, we had a lot of trouble getting that out. So this episode was originally recorded after we did that, but then we re-recorded Space Jam. I don't know, I just wanted to chime in and let you know because if it doesn't bother you, that's fine, but I know it would have bothered me to be like, huh, this seems like they are doing things out of order. So there's that, and that's this. And now, enjoy the episode. What are you laughing about? <laughs> that's this. And that's this. I like it. That's why I was laughing, because it was funny, and it was accurate. This is good. This is what being a professional is. Being a professional is sprawling out across a bed and sitting next to a tv yeah that's right while not making eye contact with the other person because you have to keep your head straight in order for the audio to be decent yeah don't look at me we'll oh, treat oh. it we'll treat it like <laughs> like we're in separate booths yeah like we're setting up a sting operation Ooh, who are we gonna get <laughs> jeffrey bezos oh that piece of t- that human dragon is going down oh my god well if there's Lord- like if there's a list of like top three individuals I'd like to sucker punch, he's in the top three. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, just deck just him. Just be like, hey, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Bezos, here's your uh, pizza. Moons over my hammer you ordered. Bop! Oh, see, oh. I imagine that I was like a pizza delivery person. And oh. I show up with the box, but I cut a hole out of the bottom of the box. And when he goes to look at the <laughs> pizza, I just, I just uppercut his ass. Ooh, K.O. That'd be sick. Yeah, you ordered the uh, the knuckle puck? No, what? Bah! <laughs> Take that, Jeff. That sounds great to me. That'd be fantastic. I'm, I mean, I have, very, I have violent thoughts, but I don't act out those thoughts. I no. feel like that's normal, right? I mean, yeah, it's perfectly normal. I think every, I think you're insane if you don't have the most outlandish thoughts. And, you know, it could just be me because I'm paranoid as hell. It's very reasonable to at the middle of night about 1 37 a.m to be like hmm i think the aliens are out to get me and <laughs> as long as i'm in my room with the curtains closed and the door is shut and the closet is shut and my feet are under my covers they can't I'm get good. me That's alien the... i'm impervious to aliens them's the rules god watch you get adopted and now. then fligglethorpe he peeks <laughs> he peeks in with his alien periscope, and he's like, hmm, nah, he's covered. That makes sense. I agree. We got to get out of here, Glossom. Jepsum? Now I'm just naming the... <laughs> that's the third guy. <laughs> I know, but... Is that I... an actual thing? No, so that's... Jepsum, I think, is the name of the eel from... One of the electric eels from Little Mermaid. It's oh. like Flotsam, oh, Flotsam and Jepsum. And Jetsum, yeah. I can't say the names. Don't, don't at me. Anyway. All right. Well, you think we got it? We got it. Let's get on into it then. Welcome one and all to this episode of the Show Dependent Podcast. It's the podcast that exposes our codependent tendencies with the things that we love, how they shaped us into who we are today, 
and whether or not that relationship has changed. The man speaking is 50% of your hosts for this podcast, and his name is Eddie. The other 50% is right here, and she is... Kayla! Hey. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> a little whistle. Oh, nice. That's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, you should not whistle. Oh, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. We're yeah, starting our nice. weekend. Thank you, God. You know, it's funny because... Thank the gods. Our current setup is very janky, but it also somewhat feels like we got a new studio in a way. <laughs> I'm very jazzed. It's like what they recommend that you do when you're like stuck in a bad mindset or you got writer's block or something, like changing your perspective. Oh, yeah. Like whether that's literally or metaphorically. Feng shui. Ooh. That's why. Why do you think I love moving my room around so much? I love reorganizing my furniture. Yeah, you really do. More, uh, more than the average person, I would say. It just helps to get new eyes in. You It'd know? be a lot easier if we had less stuff. Yeah, well, we're products of capitalism. Whee! So that's I fun. like things. Yay. Speaking of capitalism, every podcast we do eventually comes back around to capitalism. And anti-capitalism. Mm-hmm. But in the last episode, we talked about Space Jam, a film that was based off of a commercial. So this week, we decided to talk about a film that was inspired by a small book of the same name. You may know this story very well. It's a tale of a man of science battling the ignorant masses, corrupt politicians, and global catastrophe. And no, I'm not talking about the pandemic. <laughs> oh boy. We are in fact talking about Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Balls meat. <laughs> We're going to oh, talk about him. It really works. Very good. Do you want to introduce our first segment? Because we actually have segment names now. Look at us evolving. Yeah, we're getting better every we're day trying. for y'all. India, this one goes out to you. Hey, we love you out there. U.S., you're, you're pretty good too. Thanks. Thanks for listening. But yeah, so this segment is the Meet Cute, where we talk about how we met the media we're talking about. Isn't that cute? Adorable. Anyway, this film came out in 2009, September to be more precise. It was my freshman year. And this movie was the highlight of my fall. Although I was very sad, puns made me feel a lot better. And this movie is chock full of them. You know what was not very fun is the original book that this movie was based off of. It was super short, pretty boring, considering it's a story about food falling from the sky. I saw this movie in theaters and I loved it. You actually saw this in theaters? I did. Dang. Is that a first? No, you saw Twilight. Never mind. I'm dumb. Don't, but <laughs> don't shade me. I don't even know if I saw Space Jam in theaters, but I have not seen any of these so I can't far imagine you seeing Space Jam in theaters. I feel like that was like a purchase your family made for Christmas. Like they bought you the VHS. You had never seen the movie. And then you're like, oh, I'll watch oh. it for the first time. And then you fell in love with it. Yeah. You know, the 90s. <sighs> but my meet cute is... um. Very interesting, because somehow it is already well-documented here on Show Dependent. But in 2009, I was graduating high school. Y'all know this. I definitely did not see this film that year. At least from what my high school memories can remember, I want to say no. I can tell you this, though. 
Soon after high school was another first for me. Eddie got his first job. Oh. Mm-hmm. Capitalism. Oh, yeah. It's coming around. Woo! Got my first job at a before and after school program. Kind of like a latchkey thing. I don't know if everyone knows what that is, but that's the best way I could describe it. So, yeah. I molded young minds. Freshly out of high school, they said, hey... <laughs> Let all these kids know your weird beliefs and the fact that you think aliens are out to get you. It's fine. Go for it. It's a bad idea. Nah, they they enjoyed it. They enjoyed my paranoia. I know I do. (laughs) I was 18, still a shy young man who hadn't found even the smallest bit of real confidence yet. So it was a bit rough to start. One thing that was dope about that job, though, was that we got to watch movies and one of those films was cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I saw so many kids' films, and yes, I'm doing air quotes, because I should say animated films at this job. The comedy is just so well-written, the story is so much fun, and it hits you right in the heart at the end. Oof. Had me tearing up around the youth of tomorrow, hiding my shame. Like, hey, don't look at me. Oh my gosh. You should be sharing your emotions, dear. Nah, I not, think your toxic masculinity was, was still pretty strong at that point. That was a tough one. Mm-hmm. We, of course, will talk about all this. But before Kayla hits us with the recap, I want to say, just keep this in the back of your mind. We could all learn a thing or two from Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I agree. Let's talk about it. Yes, let's talk about it because we move from our first segment to our next segment. It is called Getting to Know Each Other. So tell us about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, I happily will. Here we go. Flint Lockwood was born to do great things. At least, that's what his mom said. Sadly, his mom didn't live long enough to see that become a reality. Dead mom. Dead mom. A classic. Who do they think they are? Disney? (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah flint spends his adolescence on the small island town of swallow falls eating sardines and inventing amazing things like spray on shoes remote controlled tv and rat birds just to name a few but all of these inventions pale in comparison to his greatest invention yet flundifer the flundinserfer the flundinserfer (laughs) <laughs> which stands for Flint Lockwood Diatonic Super Mutating Dynamic Food Replicator. To make it simple, water goes into the machine and food comes out. Easy. But, yeah, it's easy. It's just, just don't worry about it. Flint can't get the machine to work. It needs more power. But his dad says, no, you need to work at the tackle shop and give up inventing. Classic dad. Classic dad. But Flint is an inventor, and he's going to follow his dream, even if that does mean disappointing his father and the entire town in the process. Things go horribly wrong when Flint connects his machine to the power plant. He destroys the town's brand new theme park, Sardine Land, and simultaneously crushes the career budding uh, from meteorologist Sam Sparks. But Anna one Ferris. Anna Ferris. Yum. <laughs> but one good thing does come out of this series of unfortunate events. The Flinsdifer has been shot into the atmosphere and now is using the water from the clouds to make food. And not just any food. Hamburgers! Honey, this is where you say, 
It really it works. It really works. Beautiful. The mayor loves it. Sam loves it. Flint loves it. But guess who's still not happy? You guessed it. Dad. Classic parents always just not happy when their kids are achieving their dreams. Mm-hmm. Flint's dad, Tim, is not a happy camper. No one wants sardines anymore. And that's sad news for a man who makes a living selling sardines and fishing gear. Food is falling from the sky like crazy, and Flint is catching awkward feelings for Miss Sam Sparks. He asks her on a date to a jello castle in the forest, and he finds out she was a nerd and wore glasses and put her hair in a ponytail. Ugh. Yuck. I'm literally doing all of those things <laughs> uh, right now. Who looks like that? It's... <laughs> in a ponytail i am wearing glasses and i am a nerd you're in character i am sam sparks today y'all adorable oh boy anyway they almost kiss but the mayor ruins the moment with the phone call letting flint know that he wants him to cut the ribbon for the grand opening of the brand new town that they are decided to call chew and swallow classic capitalism mm-hmm Flint is very excited and invites his dad to a fancy restaurant to tell him the big news. And surprise, surprise, dad's still not happy. Because now the food is too big. <laughs> the machine is making the food too big. It really is. And the food is mutating too rapidly. And it must be stopped. But not if the mayor has anything to do with it. The mayor destroys the remote that allows Flint to control the machine. And the gang has to save the day. Things are looking dicey. But everything works out all right. They shut down the machine. Everyone is saved. Flint's dad expresses his feelings. And Sam and Flint finally get their big weird kiss they've been dreaming of. And that, my friends, is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, yeah. God, what a film. Just so nice. What an so experience. Nice. It really is. I just got to say, off the from the jump... We were two minutes into this film, and I was already rolling. Oh, my God. I it, forgot how funny this movie is. It hits you just right off the bat with three, four great one-liners. Oh, my gosh. Just so good. So good. Well, why don't we talk about it right now? Because, as you know, after you get to know someone, if you want to take things to the next step, and it's also 1943, <laughs> you ask them, hey, would you like to go steady with me? And then they look at you and say, Sure. Charmed, I'm sure. So let's get to it. Let's go right? steady. Oh, yeah. You want to go with me? I love that. Is that, is that a Grease Donnie Darko. Quote? Oh. Isn't it? Oh, it isn't Donnie Darko. I think nice. they say it in Greece too. It's probably both. I can't remember. I don't know. But here we are, going steady, right off the bat. Wanting to be a scientist, gotta be rough these days. What a long way we've fallen. Because in this film, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Flint Lockwood is a scientist who was just ostracized by his town, who was looked down upon. They, right off the bat, baby Brent, who is like the town <laughs> mascot asshole. and an asshole, he makes fun of Flint as a kid and says, what? Like, haha, look at Flint. He likes learning. That's dumb. I will quote directly. Oh, there we go. He it says, he... <laughs> Fuck, sorry. It's so stupid. <laughs> He says, he wants to be smart, and that's lame. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, United States 2020 and beyond, huh? Oh, I mean, isn't it just crazy, though? Like, where where did we go wrong? (laughs) Like, this is... Allowing straight, white, old men to be in charge of this country. Right. The baby brands of the world. Yes. And the mayor. And the mayor. Because, I mean, Flint, he's so smart and so capable of so much. And he's cute as hell. Yeah. He creates so much nice things. And then people still just look at him like a scrub. This man created rat birds. He made life. That that was a sin against God. <laughs> but He made life. He, he, did. Is, he is like a god. He really is. Those things are cursed. They're so scary. He made spray on shoes. Honestly, I feel like I could take that. That'd be awesome. Would it work? I don't think it would. I feel like you'd get like gangrene or something. Oh, I mean, probably. But, you know. I like the idea. It's a great idea. Never having to tie your shoes again. A dream. Eddie hates putting on his shoes. I hate. You know what he he hates more than putting on shoes is tying laces. Even worse. Yeah. It's just so annoying it's one of those little things that just pisses me off and just feet are gross in general so let's just cover them up (laughs) no free feet no feet Mm Hmm. yeah it's tying shoelaces brushing your teeth taking my contacts in and out these small mundane things and i'm like can i just never do these things ever again Mm -hmm. it legitimately irks me but back to flint i mean isn't it crazy how this book that became a film yeah is just somehow prescient premonicent predicts you're looking at me like i'm crazy (laughs) prescient i feel feel like the first three words you said weren't real so (laughs) but it just you know it perfectly represents what happened in the last year and a half yeah where scientists i mean flint tells the mayor hey, this is a bad idea. We can't keep doing this. We got to stop. And the mayor says, nah, we need to make money. Let's keep it going. I mean, can you get any more on the nose with what has happened in the past year and a half? Not even like that, but in the past like three months. Oh, absolutely. It's extremely current. It's kind of hurting. <laughs> it um, kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah, it kind of hurts a bit. Because um, I wasn't even really thinking about that within the terms of the pandemic. So I was just thinking of, like, the country in general. But that definitely makes it a lot worse. Right. Oof. Not only that, but, like, the world in general. Because the sad fact of this movie is if this invention, the flim dim surfer. The flim The flim Yeah, that thing. If it actually existed, it would just be exploited. It wouldn't exist because capitalists wouldn't allow it to exist. They would right. destroy it immediately. Right. Jeffrey Bezos would get in there and freaking yeah. whack it with a hammer and come like out looking like the mayor. Yeah. No, because like that's exactly what would happen. It, re- it, it always reminds me of the story of who invented the light bulb? <laughs> um, Edison? Senior light bulb. It's not Edison. Thomas Edison. It is Edison? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Don't quote us. Nikola We're dumb. Tesla. No. Not him. Anyway, Benjamin the guy that Franklin. invented the light bulb, he had a more successful light bulb. Yeah. And he had a filament that would burn pretty much indefinitely. I think the longest burning light bulb is still probably lit. It's very dim, but it's been burning for over 100 years at this point. 
Damn. So he had such a successful filament, but guess what? They couldn't turn a profit on it. Man, I can't make no money out of this, Edison. Mm-hmm. You better get back in there and make this worse. Yep, that's exactly what he did. Because <sighs> he chose a shittier filament that you'd have to replace, like, I don't know, like once a year or something like that. And that's what would happen. And the only reason that this machine was allowed to exist for as long as it did is because it only existed over this tiny, tiny island. Because right. it, had it existed anywhere else in the world, it would have been destroyed instantly, especially America. You talking about light bulbs? I'm talking about the <laughs> Flynn Dimpster. No, I know. It was just funny that you went right into it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just crazy because... Because it, nobody would make a profit. No, no one, everyone, capitalists, mm-hmm. freaking dirty, dirty pigs, would just look at it and be like, mm-mm, we can't make money. Out. They're stealing money off of our table by yeah. feeding, by putting food onto their table. Mm-hmm. We can't have that. Who are we going to oppress? Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's also a compl- complicated concept because restaurants would potentially go under, like a whole industry would die. Yeah. Which is a rich industry. It's an industry that we saw suffer this past year. Oh, yes. But, I mean, if it means that no one ever has to go hungry again. Capitalists would never let that happen, dear. Exactly. It's a fun idea, though. Doesn't it suck? Yeah. It's fun to know that in the United States alone, we have enough food to just not only feed our own people, but feed other countries as well. Well, isn't that something? Because if if we look at the next point here on Going Steady, this film also... Not only does it deal with the fact of being able to create so much food that everyone can eat, but it also deals with the idea of what if you have too much food? Mm-hmm. What do you do then? America. You know what America's answer is? We literally just throw it away. Throw it away and don't give it to people who are hungry, baby. Yep. They don't deserve to live. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's their fault. They were born anyways, you poor piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Also, if you work for a restaurant... And you save the food and you give it away, you can get fired. Yay. Or worse. Capitalism. Yay. Yeah, it's really sickening. Like, if you're on TikTok or anything, I'm sure you've seen... I know you're on TikTok, but the audience. um, Seeing those videos of, like, the one that is right on the top of my head would be, like, Dunkin' Donuts. Not that donuts are high quality. Dunkin' Donuts. More like Funkin' Gonuts. (laughs) You could not say that with a straight face. (laughs) Continue. Anyway, but like just the videos of them throwing away sheets and sheets and sheets of donuts. And I understand like donuts are not nutritionally rich foods, but the waste factor is insane. I worked for Bath and Body Works and working there killed my moral brain. It was bad because I would literally shoot gallons. Shoot. Yeah, no, listen, I would shoot, like, gallons of lotion into the trash can. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, these things are perfectly fine. I you mean, can eat were, that. They, they were testers, so they if it got below, like, 50%, we had to trash it. That's insane. And we would literally squeeze, like, shower gel. Just give it to... Everything. <sighs> give it to women's shelters. Give it to, the, give it to people in need who could use the product. But we literally can't. And what am I supposed to take care of my fellow man? I'm a good Christian. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> Here's another fucked up one. And this one drives me probably the most crazy just because it is such a waste. Victoria's Secret slashes their bras. 
Wow. If they get returned. So like if you if they know, get returned? If they get returned or anything like that, they they slash them. So they like cut the cups, they cut the straps. <sighs> uh-huh. So if people in need are like rummaging through the trash, they're hoping they get lucky and find, you know, a necessary good. I mean, yeah. granted, not everybody needs to be bapping, but you know. <laughs> hey, we, but if you are bapping, but as a, but you as need a person support. with breasts, you need support. Mm-hmm. It's not always just like an aesthetic thing. It's like yeah, because no, it, it could it helps with back your pain and uh. your health, and and not only that, but if you're trying to like get a job and you're trying to look professional, nips right. out is not a great look for some reason. For some, it should be a better look. Better free than nipple. <laughs> I just, you know, if we're talking about nipples real quick. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to transition this, but go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to say it's kind of ridiculous that it's too big of a topic for this, but it's kind of ridiculous that men can show nip and women can't. I mean, you were a woman in the womb. Yeah, that's right. You fucking Kevin. Yeah, that's right. You Now, What's a what's a more man name? Brad. Ugh, Brad. Oh, my Lord. I can think of a, another manly name. <laughs> what? Brent. Oh, Brent. Yeah. Baby Brent. Baby Brent. But real quick. Yeah, before we move on. Yes, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just just wasting food is insane, and it makes no sense. You know, you hear about all this stuff. You hear about world hunger. I mean, L.A. pretty much made it illegal to be homeless. Yeah. You know, they have terrible legislature that makes it illegal to have tents up in like the parks and stuff what what do, what do we expect these people to do i mean y'all supposed to be christian right they want them to die that's what they want it's them legitimately to do. they want people dead yeah because they don't want to support they don't want to support these lives well my tax dollars what do i don't want my tax dollars to go to things that i don't know about but they meanwhile just... it goes to things that i don't know about <laughs> and the cops which i love apparently oh my god it's just what what it, it just is so sad I just love the absolute hypocrisy of anyone who claims to like follow any god and also hates people. Yeah. Don't all gods just want you to like take care of each other? That Isn't that universal? That should be the root of any functioning well intended religion. Yeah, I'll take care of them by taking them out of this existence. It's really sad. Anyway, I think we should move on because we're getting a little negative, and I I just love this movie so much. I don't want to stay in the positive <laughs> realm because okay. this isn't this is an upper movie for me. It Unlike is an Twilight, upper. that just dragged me down. This one's like. But we gotta keep it real. We gotta keep it real. We always Flint keep it real. Lockwood is such a nice guy. I love him. He's such a goofball. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. I love his nose. <laughs> He's got a big guys. nose. Who? He has to puff his mouth out to get a kiss. That's why he does that? Yeah, you didn't notice that? (laughs) When him and Sam are going for a kiss the first time, he looks down and he looks at his (laughs) nose and then he goes, (laughs) You didn't see that? I never made that connection. This boy got a honker. I didn't know. She could have just turned her head. No. Look at that nose. I thought he was just weird and didn't know how to kiss. (laughs) No. If you have a nose that big, you got to clear. And he's doing that by puffing his cheeks. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. I love him so much. Yeah, but talk about Flint. Why do you oh, love I'll him talk so about much? Him. Um, Flint is just... He embodies so many of my personal like insecurities. And I feel like that's a huge 
plus for this film is it it highlights all the weird quirks that a lot of us have, but we don't outwardly talk about it. Right. And it's just so it's just so good. It's so well done. And the the animation, it just it just lends itself so well to expressing the awkwardness of growing into your interests and your your quirks and it's mm-hmm. just really well done and flint is just so charming and very very seldom is he ever mean i think oh, no. that's he's, a reason he's that such I, a nice guy yeah i think that's a reason why he's such a good character is because a lot of the time when we see people especially men portrayed in flint's situation they get an edge to them in a darkness. And he almost does. He gets close, but he never allows himself to fully get there. He gets, he puts what? One or two biting comments? Mm-hmm. He gives one biting comment to Sam. Yeah. And then the only time he's like mean to his dad isn't necessarily, he's just more so standing up for himself. Yeah, which is difficult. It's really interesting. And I don't think this is on the, our topic list, but. Um, just kind of how that's part of growing up is setting boundaries. Yeah. And Flint finally does that. It's just unfortunate that those boundaries are set a little too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. He's a great character. I really... He's so... From the second you see him, you're on his side. He's what we all wish we could be. Mm-hmm. Not in the same specific way, but... As his dad talks about at the end, which we will definitely get to near the end, but his dad says he's such a unique person Mm -hmm. because he's able to be himself even if he knows that, like, people won't like it. Yeah. Because he's so quirky. He really is. He's a nerd, a weirdo. He loves science. And he's just, like, so unapologetically that. Mm-hmm. That I think it's just something that everyone strives to be. We just sort of come up short in a lot of ways, you know? For sure. It's very hard to actually truly be yourself all the time. I would I would even go as far to say it's impossible. Because, like, who you are, you know, all of us are absolute weirdos when we're alone. In our you know? brains? Oh, God. <laughs> when I'm thinking Flagglethorpe is outside my window, you know, at <laughs> 3 a.m., yeah. That that's me 100% myself. And I don't I don't necessarily think everyone needs to see that. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I don't think I want to see all that. But you know, you like You can talk to me about it, but I don't want to see it, you Exactly. Know? But we all p- picture who you are and picture who you want others to see you as. Mm-hmm. Like there's two completely different They're things. They're very right? different. But everyone wants to be a Flint Lockwood, which I, is fantastic. I adore him. He's so he's just yeah. I think this would be a really good point for me to butt in with my metaphor that I noticed for the first time in this watch through. So just off the bat, I want to say this film is gorgeous. You need to watch it a few times. Amazing animation. To truly appreciate the beauty of the animation, the color scheme, the attention to detail, the textures. It's all there. It's so fun. Um, but if one I, thing if I, I may butt in real quick, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. There's a scene near the end where everything's going to shit, and normally you would think that when people are discussing major plot points, they stop the background, but no. 
And this is just giant food destroyed everything around them the whole time they're talking. Mm -hmm. And that's like the detail that you want. Yeah. And miraculously, nobody fucking dies. (laughs) That's insane. No one we knew about. That's just cartoon logic, but it's okay. Kind of. It's about in the same point that you were just talking about, Eddie. So this scene is when Flint gets sucked into the spaghetti twister. (laughs) And, you know, he gets sucked into the eye of the storm and he miraculously like walks down a ladder and lands on his feet. Oh, well, what? <laughs> in in that chaos, there is a beautiful poetic metaphor that happens, and I only saw it for the first time. Hit me with it. So, what happens is as he's falling, the wind takes his lab coat, right? Yes, I remember. And he's sad, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, my coat." And then uh, immediately after he loses his coat, he face plants into a billboard of himself (laughs) looking completely different, selling a product he didn't create. And then he lands in the dumpster, basically. He like after that point kind of has a, a really low point with his with himself and with his dad. And then his dad ends up finding the lab coat and returning it to him. Mm-hmm. So the lab coat the lab coat is a metaphor for his true self and his true potential, which was unlocked and given to him by his mother and the faith that she had in Flint to be the person that she knew he could be. Mm-hmm. He loses sight of that. It's tarnished and taken away from him. And then he is immediately confronted with his new reality that he is living a lie. The person that people are perceiving him to be is not the person that he actually is. Mm -hmm. And he's only able to move forward after he gets that coat returned to him and he is able to actually be himself. Right. Wow. Wow. I picked up the lab coat probably the first time. there (laughs) There is, you know, that... There is a very distinct moment where it is lost and where it is returned. But I didn't notice the billboard until this watch through. And I just thought that was so subtle and clever and just on the nose. And it reminds me a lot of kind of like just creator culture and how you have to package yourself in order to be palatable to the masses. Well, yeah. What was it? I saw a quote. On Twitter, I think it was from, I don't know, I don't remember who it was from. It might have been Kurt Vonnegut, I think. Mm -hmm. But he pretty much said, we all are who we pretend to be. Yeah. So yeah, it's just 100%, you know, Flint was betraying, funny enough, exactly what we praised him about. He was betraying who he actually is to be who others wanted him to be. Mm -hmm. So he became what they wanted of him. Yeah. He was pretending to be successful in the way they wanted. Yeah. And so that's who he became. He started becoming a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, he started caring only about himself. And he he does, in some ways, he's justified in that, in wanting to enjoy his success. Yeah. And it's also a coping skill. Yeah. From the context that he was raised in, he always felt like an outcast. He never felt like he could fit in. And nothing he did ever really worked. So it's kind of miraculous that this one thing went right for him. 
Everyone gets their one. He overcorrected. That's what happened. I mean, yeah. Or he just finally found approval. Yeah, which he was not getting. The thing he wanted his whole life. Yeah. We could talk about baby Brent real quick before we talk about (laughs) the dads in this film. Because we get to see a pretty nice array of dads. Kind of two dads that are very opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought was awesome. Yeah. But baby Brent, I mean, think about your town. Think about your state, your country, whatever. Think about the, like, weirdest, but yet, for some reason, most famous person you have. That's baby Brent. Mm -hmm. He's like a hometown hero. A child star who the town just loves for some reason just because he's from there. You know? Mm -hmm. Why are people so weird? You know, it could be, it's kind of like a local sports team or like a local sports guy. You just, that guy's from here. Hell yeah. That's sick. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. I, I just don't get it. We're tribal. We like rooting for things that are close to home. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's just an instinct. It's like, um, well, right now is the perfect example the Olympics. Am oh, I proud of the America Olympics as a whole? Stupid. No. Am I proud of some of these athletes for working their ass off and absolutely crushing it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm most proud of fucking... Why did I put fucking? I'm most proud of Simone Biles because she decided mm-hmm. to stand up for her mental health and say, hey, I don't want to do this for all these fucking ungrateful couch potatoes. Absolutely. Who are now criticizing her like, oh... Uh, she should do this for america you know what bud you are sitting on a couch and you know what you ain't ever gonna be at her level don't chime in now i mean simone she's she's the goat period end of story I mean, she really is yeah she really is but even when she left america still took gold well yeah but that's not even the point i know it's who cares about her. the gold it's her mental health it's just like naomi osaka who said, uh, I have anxiety over these interviews. I don't want to do this. And people criticize them like, mm-hmm. hey, compete for my enjoyment. Yeah. Man, get out of here. Yeah, it's just a it's a really interesting discussion. We don't need to have it now. But just like talking about the presence of sports in humanity and what it actually represents and why we think it's important. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot, you know, because... Even if you yourself are not participating in the sport, you are, if you, you know, if you actually care about the sport, you're rooting for it. There is a personal investment in both sides. And people were personally invested in Baby Brent. Absolutely. Because you could, you could take it even, you could take it there where Baby Brent, he's like a shell of his former self. He's, he's hanging on to that one thing he had. Uh, oh. (laughs) He's hanging on to that one thing and he just can't, he can't move on. Yeah. He goes from one thing to another thing at the end as well. That's true. Some people are just that they're the thing guy, you know? You gotta have a thing. You gotta have a thing, but when is the thing too much? When it's a fedora. <laughs> then that thing fedora is too much. Fedora Brent. Oh God, no. No. What do you think of Brent? I think he's a great time. <laughs> he's he, a party boy. He really is the barbarian of the group. Yeah. Just a a dumb little himbo and I adore him. Yeah, he comes he comes he around. Starts, he starts as an absolute monster. He was a piece of shit as a kid. Yeah. 
And what a surprise that he carried that into his adulthood. It's almost like if you don't teach kids how to have social-emotional behaviors Mm -hmm. and develop real friendships, they're going to be fucked for the rest of their life. Right. Well, look at this. He learned. He did. My kid said that you failed him for no reason, so I'm going to need you to give him an A. No. I want to talk to the superintendent. No. My kid's perfect. You don't understand. No. (laughs) Oh, you mean your kid who I saw verbally harass Timothy Mm -hmm. the other day? Yeah, he's perfect, huh? Yep. Good stuff. Yep. I love it. Yep. Parenting is very important. You should parent your children. If you have children, please parent them. Um, (laughs) Hey, if you're a parent out there and you're listening to this, your kid is not the greatest thing ever. I know it feels like they are to you. To you, they are. To you, they could be. To the rest of humanity, no. Please, for the love of all that is holy, you got to stop putting your kids up on pedestals. Please don't. Please dunk on their ass on the regular. It'll keep them humble. You can't send your kid off to school thinking they're the hottest shit. Because they're going to run into people that are going to let them know that they're not. And then they're going to have a crisis. And they're going to end up like baby Brent. Just in a diaper, on a bench, covered in a pizza. Mm-hmm. Just wondering, my parents said I was perfect. Where am I? Your kid's going to have the uh-oh <laughs> moment. Your kid's going to be the guy at the local bar reminiscing about his JV Varsity, football yeah. play. Where he ran it for five yards and that's the most yards he ever got. Oh, my God. Hey, we were kings back then. Ugh. Just make sure that your kids are confident enough to stand up for themselves, but not so confident that they destroy everyone around them. We need a good, like, Flint Lockwood at the end of the movie. Yeah. Level. We need the happy We can't have baby Brent. No. We need in between a Flint Lockwood and a baby Brent. Yeah. Because baby Brent does have good confidence. Oh, yeah. And he gets in there at the end. Chicken Brent. fantastic that's so funny i love it parenting please do it in this film we see parenting done (laughs) we see it done very poorly and very well and amazingly we're gonna talk about the amazing first and then we're gonna go to another ad oh right oh mr t plays a cop and i know what you're thinking a cap Show dependent, they're a cab still. Yes, absolutely. But we gotta give this guy his flowers. Not all of them are bad. We got some good ones out there. <laughs> and it just so just happens this fictional one. <laughs> it just so um. happens that in Swallow Falls, we have a cop named Earl. And my God, he is the greatest dad. One of these days, we're gonna do the best dads. What's it called? Tournament bracket. There Ooh, it is. Bracket. Fun. And Earl has gotta be like in the final. He's gotta be sweet sixteen easily he first of all black father Mm -hmm. who is just the most you know because oftentimes in media and it's obviously changing now yes but in media black men are portrayed as very toxic Mm -hmm. very masculine and earl is strong he's athletic but he is the most loving father he's so nice he he makes it a point there's a point in the film where his son cal he I does, love Cal, too. We'll get to what he does, but he does something special for his son. And he just looks at him and says, I love you, son. And Cal says, I know. You tell me every day. Oh it's God. just, yes. You're, like, getting emotional. I am getting that. emotional. because it's, it's so good. That, you know, you got to tell the people you care about that you love them. And it's just nice to see a father be like, I'm going to tell my kid I love him. Because I time. want him to never 
Forget. Forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> you feel that? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I'm tearing up. Please don't cry. I yet. got in my feelings. Yeah. I'll cry by the end of it. Please don't. We oh. got to be real here on oh, Show Dependent. No. Yeah. No, but it's so nice. Talk about Earl. Oh, why is he so good? He's just so good because he's he is funny without being mean. <laughs> yeah. Except for except Flint, because he deserves it. <laughs> Because he's kind of an asshole that's kind of ruined a lot of shit. And Why would done. I help you? You're always mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> you see this contact lens, Flint Lockwood. <laughs> this contact lens is you. Voiced by my Mr. T. is my eye. I got my eye on you. So good. Mr. T knocks it out of the park. He killed that role. Yeah. So good. Earl is so nice. I really wish we could have gotten to know Cal's mom a bit more. Right. Because my goodness, that woman is She's a She's a strong woman, too. Jeez. Love it. And, you know, it just can't be stressed enough that they are probably the most highly capable family on the island. And they're, like and they're black. the only people of color mm-hmm. on the island, pretty much. Good representation right there. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Also... He's got those tiny shorts. And <laughs> I does. love that. He flexes his buttocks. He's got a great ass. He gets in there. Dude was doing triple backflips just out of nowhere. Insane. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, what what more can be said about Earl? He wants to throw his son a special day. So he asked Flint to make it pretty much a snow day. Mm-hmm. But with ice cream. Amazing. We got to talk about the so food. fun. We got to talk about the food later. It looks so fun. It's pretty much snow. Yeah. I wish. It would be sticky, though. You know, you remember... But oh, that'd be a good smack. Get a, you know, ah, a good hit. Oh, my sugar. God. <laughs> Get some sugar in your eye. Oh, fuck. That would hurt. That would suck. But I always remember, you know, the classic episodes on TV where it's a snow day and the whole neighborhood goes and plays. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been sick? Oh. I, ne- I never got that. Oh. Oh, did you <laughs> miss suburbia over here? <laughs> the privilege is strong wow. with this one. No, I grew up on a really nice cul-de-sac. I grew up with a bunch of kids my age, and we all played together. It was fun. Good for you. It all was right. fun. I'm sorry you didn't get to experience that. Yeah, it was it's fine. Ma- I grew it was a pretty up, magical time. I grew up on a fucking uh, just street. Street, a kid tried to steal my bike. Oh. Someone stole my Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh. A high schooler threw a soda at me. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Here, here, there's your, there's your opposite. I built, I built igloos in my front yard. And <laughs> I had a grand old time. And um, yeah, I got hit in the face with a few snowballs, but that was about as bad as it got. One time, high schoolers went up to me and said that they were gonna kill me. Holy shit, why? It's because, I don't know. Because you were brown? I remember I was walking back home with my brother from like a friend's house. And then some high schoolers just like came up to me and gave me a piece of paper that had like a phone number on it. And then said like, if you call this number, you're going to die or something. And then I went inside and told my mom immediately. And she was like, what? That's weird. Don't. Do that. Don't call but the I, number. I was like a million percent convinced that I was going to die that day, which was very fun for me. I was 11. Jesus Christ. Apparently, I lived in the exact opposite of your bliss. 
Yeah, I was just like, I got you. Meanwhile, cut to me and my brother running for our lives from some dogs. Oh, fuck. We legitimately, last bit of my childhood trauma until next episode. We were running from some dogs. It was like a scene out of a movie. Let me paint it for you. Again, we're walking back to our house. We legitimately hear like a door slam open. We turn. The camera pans over. Two dogs take off running from this house. It's as if they were unleashed on us. Did not see any humans. Door swung open. Dogs. Full sprint. Oh, fuck. We start running. We just go. We have to take a right. We get to our house. We knew we did not have time to like go to the front door. What we did was jump on our trash can and jump over the fence in one <laughs> in one movement and we barely escaped those dogs. Do you think they would have attacked you? They were chasing us the whole time. Were they chasing you because you were running? They were barking. We were not running at first. Jesus. Door swung open, they were sprinting at us. And I've never then we been ran. chased by a dog, so I don't know what that fear is like. I've been barked at by a dog pretty aggressively. I've been chased multiple times. This is why he doesn't like dogs. Not only that, but they're annoying pieces of shit. If your dog fucking comes up to me and asks for food, oh my lord. I hate it so much. We need to move on. Hey, before we do that, yeah. before we talk about uh, the exact opposite of a great dad. Yeah. Why don't we uh, take a little break, huh? This seems like a good spot, yeah. Seems like a good spot so I can relax and uh, stop living my flashbacks. Yeah, you need to take some deep breaths. It's fine, I'll be okay. As long as no doors swing open and someone (laughs) unleashes hellhounds upon me. Here's to hoping. Alright, we'll be right back. This episode of Show Dependent Podcast is brought to you by Rise and Grind Coffee Shop. You just woke up three hours early to your work shift. Do you have a car? No. Do you have a skateboard? Yes. Do you like coffee? Yeah. What about fitness? Yes. You say, I like all three of those things, but I can't fit them all in before work? Well, we've got the place for you. Rise and Grind Coffee Shop. The only gym, skate park, coffee shop you'll ever need. That is, once again, Rise and Grind Coffee Shop. We rise so you can grind. And now back to Show Dependent. Oh, well, thank you to our ad sponsor for... Uh... Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. I got myself a, a, a 50-50 grind coffee. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's 50% espresso, 50% cold brew. Nice. So I'm about to die. Well, I got myself the deadlift pound cake. Oh, <laughs> that's thick. It's a four pound pound cake. Four pounds? Yeah. My God. It's four pounds, but it's what? It's one slice. There you go. One slice is four pounds. I like that. So we talked about Earl. Amazing dad. Let's get to the exact opposite. You be nice to him. Tim Lockwood is, I mean... Just most people's dad? Most people's dad, most people's parents, just perpetually not impressed. And floundering to express themselves in any meaningful way. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate to Flint here in this movie a lot, which is also why it hurts me Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. You know, Flint, he constantly is trying to pursue what he wants in his life. 
Yep. And his mother, 100%, is all for it. But his father is just incapable of talking except for fishing metaphors. Yep. Which Flint does not understand. Why didn't he ever fish with his dad? Do you think Flint wants to fish? He'd probably find a way to ruin it. He'd probably find a way to fish better, and then his dad would be mad at him for it. That's that's probably more <laughs> accurate. It yeah. just reminded me of what my dad told me the other day. Uh-oh. Hey, Kayla, have you ever golfed? No, Dad. I've never been invited. Huh. All right, well, I'm going to go golf. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And Tim, like we said, he comes around by the end, but it's just... It is so deflating for flint and for me and anyone else watching who can Mm -hmm. resonate to just see him finally have something go right and the first thing his father does is say something bad that's happening oh my god it sucks yeah and the hard thing is like tim knows he messed up yeah as as soon as he gets home after that incident Uh, he's like oh i messed up he said, uh, I threw out too much uh, too much line on that one. Huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know fishing. <laughs> I know you don't know fishing. That was a horrible metaphor. That's a good one, I think. I cast my line too far on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just sad. And I'm sure parenthood is full of those moments of just realizing you messed up. But the damage is already done. Yeah. But at least... He apologizes at the end. He does apologize. I want to leave that for like the very end here. Yeah. So let's move on to one of, one of your points, I believe. Yeah. Can you talk about Sam, Sparks, and how they sort of flipped the script? Sam! Yas queen. <laughs> yes. She gets a yas queen from me. They do the opposite. They do the opposite of... What the hell is that movie called? She's All That. She's All That. So when She's All That... You know, the classic horrible rom-com. The horrible? What? It's it's horrible for the what it does to the woman. The quintessential oh. teen rom-com. We're going to do an episode on it one day. I love this movie. It's so bad. It's amazing. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's so bad. How is it bad? It's very toxic. Are we going to do this right here? We'll save it. Anyway. Toxic? Yes. It's fun. Continue. Mm, yeah, I'm sure it is for you. <laughs> yeah, and for millions of people out there. Not for her. Anyway. <laughs> She's not even real. It doesn't matter. Sam Sparks. Anyway. What a name. It, it's a great name. What's the name of the movie? <laughs> Glad it with the chance of meatballs. Not that one. <laughs> the one we She's just talked that? about? Oh my lord, yes. Okay. I've seen this movie once. Be nice. But in She's All That, there's like a nerdy girl, and then there's, you know, the stupid bullshit, and like, oh, she takes her hair down, Mm. takes her glasses off, puts on some makeup, Mm. and like a nice tight dress. Ooh, girl is red. She's a different person. No, you missed the spot. What? Walk downstairs slowly. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm. There's always a stair sequence. Girl, Laney. Wow. We'll save this. Say we'll deconstruct <laughs> this later. I agree with everything except for taking the glasses off. Mm-mm. You oh leave those God. glasses oh on, girl. <laughs> anyway, they do the opposite 
with Sam because she starts off looking real cute and normal, I and guess. And acting ditzy. And acting stupid. And like she doesn't know what the hell anybody's talking about. And then Flint like calls her on her bullshit. Yeah. And it's so it's so cool because Flint, a person who is so much of himself. Mm-hmm. He sees Sam constantly because she always says like, oh, your machine does this, this, and this in specific science terms. And he says, yeah, that's actually a really good point. And then she just walks it back and says, oh, I mean, clouds have water, right? And he just tells her, why do you always do that? Mm-hmm. She says, do what? Why do you always say something smart and then walk it back and act like you don't know? Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see him call her out. Yeah. Because he probably, he recognizes those masking techniques that she's using. Uh-huh. Because he's probably tried to apply those in the past. With his dad. With his dad. And, um, yeah. So he literally makes her nerd up. Like, <laughs> yeah. put on your glasses. And she's like, whoa, you look different. <laughs> uh- <laughs> it's a great bit. Because she... Cause he looked hot and hunky in the blur. Yeah, in the blur then he, of... she puts on her glasses. Yeah. Like, then oh, he what? makes her a scrunchie out of jello. Yeah, that would not work, but it's a fun idea. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, none of this would work. So let's suspend our disbelief. The flume doom surfer is coming. It's super strong jello. <laughs> um, yeah, but then he she like puts on her glasses and puts her hair up in a ponytail. And I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure from that point on, yeah, she wears it the rest of the movie. Yeah, and she doesn't pretend not to know what's happening. That was her moment. Mm-hmm. What a queen. A woman in STEM, too. A meteorologist miracle. <laughs> yes, Sam. The Doppler says there's a storm coming, and it's that bitch energy. <laughs> oh, 100% chance. Yes, what a queen. I love Sam. She's so cute. Anna Ferris does such a great job. Right. And she plays a kind of not, I guess they're not super similar, but she plays another character in a different film called um, House Bunny. <laughs> I've never seen this film. So good. We'll yeah. have to watch it together. Uh huh. But she plays a ditz in that one too, and it's so funny. Yeah. Instead of the mahi mahi, could I just get the one mahi? Because <laughs> I'm not that hungry. It's like in. We'll get back to Cloudy in a second, but in 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, one girl says, like, I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair question. It's a fair question. English is weird. English is stupid. What is that, though? You're an English major. What is whelmed? I think it's just a feeling. Hmm. Is it like German? I don't know. (laughs) They have all those words? Uh, I don't know. That are feelings? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. Speaking of someone who might be feeling a little... Slided. Slided, underutilized. And um, just maybe reconsidering his life's path. <laughs> Let's talk about Manny. Manny! <laughs> Who the hell is Manny, you ask? Manny is Sam Sparks's camera guy. And I guess just the tech guy? Yeah, he's like He the runs dude everything. That... He's She's the talent. Amazing. Yeah. But Manny is, for the most of this movie, just absolutely silent. He's Can you just only the see his guy. nose? Yeah. He's got another big nose and he's got a big hat. Yep. And a little body. He's like three feet tall. Mm-hmm. But near the end, Earl, devastated. His son, Cal, is in a sugar coma. 
Sam says we need a doctor. Is anyone here a doctor? Manny, for the first time, speaks up and says, I'm a doctor. She says, what? Manny says, yeah, in Guatemala, I was a doctor, but then I came to America to be given a better life. That was a great choice, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. it's just, how many times have you seen it? It hurts so where, much. <laughs> where an immigrant who was so successful in another country, engineers, doctors, surgeons, surgeons. go from like India, Guatemala, uh, I don't know, any, any other place, and come over to America and then become like bus drivers and stuff because their degree doesn't count in America. Which, what? What the fuck? <laughs> Why? Oh, mm. Also, Manny speaks perfectly good English. I don't know how well, this was a barrier. <laughs> I don't know if that's even part of it. I know, but no, but I feel like immigrants tend to have a hard time in this country if they're not English speakers. It's definitely easier to make oh, it. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's easier yeah. to communicate when you can communicate. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, not only is Manny a doctor, he's also uh, a pilot. <laughs> he was very busy in Guatemala. Like, this man is so overqualified for his job, but good on the film to just show the immigrant experience. Yep. And show America, because I'm going to assume Swallow Falls is America. Even though it's not. Yeah, what is it part of? You know? They're under the... A in a Atlantic. In the Atlantic Ocean. I, I mean, they, they all speak English. They're probably part of America. It seems very America. It feels like... But in all likelihood, wouldn't it be like a... More of a Caribbean... Um, it's a uh, it's a territory of America, like oh Puerto God, Rico. It was probably a stop on the slave trade. Whoa! Can we not do that Sorry. to Swallow Falls right now? Let's <laughs> 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 picture the guy eating the sardine. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a sardine? No. Me neither. I have them at my house. We should eat them. We should try one. My cat loves them. We still have the head on them. Oh, adorable. Now he's just thinking about my cat looking <laughs> blissfully into space. Oh, you can see a drawing of the cat on our picture. On our sticker, yeah. She's little, a little grumpy thing. She's very grumpy. I want to have a sardine. Okay. I want to have it on pizza. Okay. But then I don't want to waste the whole pizza. We just put a sardine on a slice of pizza. You want me to buy sardines? I have sardines at my house. Yeah, but those are cat sardines. No, they're just normal sardines that we feed oh. my cat. <laughs> you can get sardines at Domino's. I don't think I want to risk that. But I want it like cooked on it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. I don't want to. Nervous. I don't want to buy a whole pizza and then hate it. Yeah. Because then I'm gonna eat the pizza. Ugh. Fish on pizza? I don't know. But people do it all the time in cartoons. I know it's weird. And how many things have I done because of a cartoon? A lot, probably too many. Yeah, probably. But Manny's amazing. Immigrants are amazing, and. uh for the most part, are overqualified for the jobs that they're doing. So just think about that the next time you uh, look down on an immigrant working a job. They're probably supporting their family in the only way they can because America is holding them back. Woohoo! <laughs> no, not woohoo. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go. Should we talk about food? Yes, let's talk about the food I was about to say. Yay, food! We were just talking about sardines, so it's appropriate that we transition to the food falling from the sky okay so in the film they go to flint the citizens of swallow falls the swallowians swallowites 
Swalidians. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. They go to Flint and they can request food. Yeah. What would you request? Sheesh. Um. <laughs> oh my God! You know, it'd be cool as a cotton candy fog. Oh, that's thick. Oh, but then I could finally do the Scooby Doo yeah. thing, where I fucking poke my head out and yeah. then cut it. Uh-huh. Then- <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That'd be so sick. And it'd be like different colors. Yeah. Wouldn't that be sick? Oh, a little fog. That'd be dope. I've always wanted to cut fog. I've always wanted to eat a cloud. And you could. And I could. It'd be a cotton candy cloud. Ah, wouldn't that be fun? What would you want? Oh, (laughs) I just want a sub sandwich that I could drive like a car. Oh my God. Me, me. Get the hell away. So you just want the Oscar Mayer Wiener car? No, I want it as a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, and it's real. That way I have my road snacks with me when I'm on the road. It's just, how take a bite out of the... But you don't even like sandwiches that much. <sighs> there are certain sandwiches that I like. Okay. You can't tell me it wouldn't be fun to drive a sandwich. If I could drive any food, hmm, I think I would want... I think I'd want the burger car from Spongebob. Oh, yeah. You know in the Spongebob movie how they drive the crabby I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Drive a burger? That's hilarious. It would smell, though. After a while. I mean, it would smell like a burger, and then you would smell like a burger. Yeah, but that's a nice smell. I don't know. That's a nice smell for a day. For a day. Wow. What's a tiny food that would be amazing big? I almost said tiny corn, and that was the <laughs> dumbest answer. Ooh. <laughs> you know Baby carrots? It's already b- that's just a carrot. <laughs> no, but big. Oh, my God, but that's just a carrot. <laughs> no, well, with the baby carrot, but bigger. He's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, I want to be in a bowl of cereal. I've always wanted to be in a bowl of soup. Yeah. It's like a jacuzzi, but <laughs> I'm the soup. <laughs> hey, uh... Uh, what's what's for dinner? Me. <laughs> I'm in the soup. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Oh, there's so much fun with food. Uh huh. Obviously. There's so many food puns. And in this film, yeah. And Sam just ugh, the one. Oh, Sam is a queen of broadcast. Yeah, it's so nice. Did you write down any of her lines? I'm trying. Oh, uh, that was so funny when they were talking about the ice cream. And her last line was, a la mode. And then it was translated yeah. into all the different languages. And then they went to England. And it was, <laughs> they said, truly a town that is topped with ice cream. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying a la mode, where <laughs> everybody else. Apparently they don't say a la mode. They hate Britain in this movie. Which there was a lot of it. <laughs> At the end, where like yeah. everything is like shined move. up and better. And then Britain just goes from really bad to bad. They London specifically. Yeah. Because it's gloomy there. It is. It really is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's so funny. There's a point where there's a giant pancake that covers the school, two sticks of butter, and then just maple syrup. And that syrup would have been so dangerous. The thing that they don't point out in this film that would happen in real life is that a lot of food big is dangerous. Yeah, like the density. The viscosity of syrup. Oh my god! <laughs> you would just drown and never be able to get out. It's annoying when you get it on your hands. Yeah. Imagine getting it 
everywhere. Oh, imagine like a Rice Krispie. Oh my god. You get stuck to that thing, you're done. Oh my god. The stickiness of sugar. Oh my god, that reminds me of that woman that like boiled her husband alive with sugar. Oh my god, you're right. That was scary. Isn't that insane? That's a completely different thing. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We just took a second to be like, yo. (laughs) So fucked up. Yeah. Food, Food can be dangerous. Food can be very dangerous. And like Sam at the end, if it rained peanuts or something so many people would die dead <laughs> dead on arrival or like eggs yeah i might i have a neighbor that's allergic to eggs does he ever he makes eggs right yeah sunny side up for breakfast. you know what that's weird that i didn't think about it until just now but and this is very dumb to say now that i'm really intrigued but i'm like yo he's making food that was living things but without the living thing we are trying to do that now with food <laughs> science. You know what I'm saying, though? Beyond Meat, man. He did it first. Yeah, but he, but it's real. Yeah, but so is Beyond Meat. Well, yeah, but it's not like actual living thing. No, but they have lab steaks now. Well, sure. You're right. But that's what I'm saying. Like I know he, it is weird. It's he like, made an egg without chicken. He made a chicken without chicken. Yeah. Weird. Fuck, fucking weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Theoretically, though, you could do that, right? Because all things are made out of the same things, right? Yeah, yeah. On some levels, yeah. I love the movie's ability to both not explain and explain it, the machine. It simultaneously over-explains and under-explains the machine. Uh-huh. Which you you only need... I love when things don't explain it. Yep. I loved... I would have wished that they... And it's fine because they clearly are making fun of it. But I love that he just says water goes in the top and food comes out. All I need. That's all you need. All I need. The only explanation. Yes. Oh, God. All right. Are you ready? (sighs) Yep. Are you ready, everyone? It's time to get in the feelings here. Because at the end of this film, it all culminates in Flint. He pretty much sacrifices himself to save the town and destroy the Flim Dimsifer. Not only the town, but the world. I forgot. Yeah, it's a global catastrophe because there's going to be food storms all over. And yet again, an an overabundance of food is terrible. Yes, especially large food. Especially food the size of buildings. But Flint, he sacrifices himself, or so it seems, until his creation, the rat birds, save their father, bring him down from the heavens, and he's alive. Hooray! He gets a kiss from Sam. Yay! And then he looks at his father and his dad, who can't speak to his son like most men can't. Yep. Because it's been beaten into our society that men don't talk to their kids. He just stands there. He tries to make a fishing metaphor. Flint goes from excited to see his father to, oh, man, not again. And then Sam uses the monkey translator. We haven't even talked about Steve. Do you want to talk about him real quick? Steve's a monkey who can talk because Flint built a machine to make him talk. He's voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. Fun fact. <laughs> he says... Whatever he's thinking. Just single words at a time. Gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Steve. Now that you say it, it does sound like Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Weird. Weird. But anyway, Sam gets the monkey translator, puts it on the father, and it can translate the father because he is a fucking baboon. And what he says is amazing. I'll start us off here. Yeah, please. 
because I love how he begins. He says, you know, I I don't really even know how to explain this, but your mother, she was right about you, and it just made me wonder how someone so unique and amazing could come from someone like me. And it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. He knows his son is something special. Mm-hmm. I'm tearing up right now. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> it's just, I mean, what, what an amazing thing to say to someone, though. Yeah. You're like, how could I, trash that I am. Trash. <laughs> you know, how could mm-hmm. I make someone so amazing? Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, imagine hearing that. That's very nice. Jesus. Woof. What else does he say? Because I got a tear in my eye. Yeah, right I don't know. <laughs> I could keep going. Um, what does he say? Oh, isn't isn't this the movie where Yeah, doesn't Earl say, You get back in there, tear. He like sucks his tear <laughs> back that's into in his the tear. Second one. It is in the second one. But anyways. We gotta watch the second I'll one. finish. Yes, please do. So the father starts off with that just strong line and just keeps going and he says, you know, if your mother who Flint's mother is dead, if your mother was here, she would say that we needed to stop arguing and we just need to bond together and knew that we both cared about Flint and all that. I'm sort of mixing it up. I'm not doing it justice. It's because you're emotional. It's I should have just written it down. But then he caps it off again perfectly by saying, you know, when I, when I take this thing off and I start talking in fishing metaphors again, I just want you to know that no matter what I say, it means... And then he doesn't say it through his thoughts. He he says it with his voice. And he says, I love my son. And it's just, oh, oh. And that's all Flint wanted. It's so sweet. He just wanted to know that he made his father proud and that he loved him. Mm -hmm. Because he already knew that his mom did. But unfortunately, she's not there, of course. Because that's how stories are told, huh? It's how they get you. But yeah, it's it, it's so good. It brings a tear to your eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, who 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 wouldn't want that from their parents when all they've been seeking is their approval? No one. Everybody would want that. <laughs> Which is why it's so effective. And the movie ends with that, and then it has a happy, like great uh, credit sequence. Which I always love when the credits are animated and tell a little bit more story mm-hmm. and stuff. We didn't really talk about the mayor. <laughs> we don't need to he's a capitalist pig he's a capitalist piece of garbage and very on the nose he consumes too much because capitalists always want more and more and more mm-hmm. and he gets huge in the credits though we see that he actually gets arrested so that's good yeah that's he good. gets he gets you know a little bit of comeuppance mm-hmm. but the credits are nice nice and vibrant and that is cloudy with a chance of meatballs we thought about covering the second one i haven't seen it yeah but kayla there's a line in it that you always (laughs) quote i feel like you have to add it because if we never do a cloudy two episode Uh you at least have to let them know what Mm -hmm. is it so i understand i can't really remember the premise of the second film but basically like food becomes sentient and can like emote and it has eyes and legs and arms and things and (laughs) there's a scene where they're taking a boat down like a river and then flint freaks out i think (laughs) and he's like ah there's a leak in the boat 
and then the camera cuts and there is an actual vegetable leak and, <laughs> and then the leak goes ah! <laughs> it's really funny it's so good that's legitimately all i've seen of the second there's one there's a leak in the boat ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. we gotta watch it we'll, we'll see what's just up just for giggles it's yeah. such a cute it's so cute but let's go from that to our last segment here, it is defining the relationship. Well, I guess second to last, but whatever. Technicality. Technicalities are technicalities. Defining the relationship, DTR, how are we doing with our relationship with Cloudy now? Mm-hmm. Let Eddie start you off. This film is just everything I could want in an animated film, in a story, in a movie in general. The animation is glorious. The comedy is some of the best out there. And it's so heartwarming as a whole. There's so many lines we didn't talk about. Mm-mm. You know, at the beginning. Oh my gosh. Flint. Should we just throw some out there? Do you want to just throw some out? Some rapid fire? Do yeah. it. Well, first off, the, mil- the movie starts with something very funny, which neither of us recognized until now, which is... A film by a lot of people. Yeah. Like, that's just a text that, like, opens the movie. Yeah, which, which is fun. Is, which is very funny. Um, he says, when he gets made fun of by Baby Brent, mm-hmm. he says, I wanted to run away that day, but you can't run away from your own feet. Because <laughs> he had on the spray-on shoes and he couldn't get them off. Yes. Uh, what was another one? Oh, gosh. Uh, another one is... um. Well, the mayor, he's like, I want people to look at me and say, that's a big mayor. <laughs> and then he literally became, like, morbidly obese and gigantic, which yeah. was very funny. <laughs> the whole, can you look me in the eye scene, yeah. where his dad's like, can you look me in the eye and say, you can, you got this under the control and nothing's going to go wrong. Uh, and he goes, like, cross-eyed. He is fighting <laughs> to look his father in the eye. And haven't we all been there? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the... This is junk. This is junk. And then Flint points to himself and says, This is junk. <laughs> Fantastic. Very millennial humor. Mm-hmm. It, that's probably why we like it so much. Honestly, I think it really is. It's like, just like pure millennial a humor. Good yet jumping off point of where humor went. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Gang gang. So those were some of those great quotes. Some great moments. Back to what I was saying though. As I said in the beginning, I think we all have something to prove to someone just like Flint does. I've said it before, but I know I sympathize with Flint a lot. I've been there many times, you know, if I peel back the curtain, wanting something so much and feeling like that one thing you want will never be supported by your loved ones. It hurts. It really does. It hurts at such a deep level. But you know what? You just got to get through it. You know, you just got to keep going. And like Flint did, you just have to keep doing what makes you happy. And eventually, the fish dad in your life will come around, right? At least that's what we hope. We hope. That's kind of what this podcast and what creating is for me. And I really do love it. I get a lot of enjoyment out of creating things. You can't get no better of an ending than a parent finally letting their kid know that they are proud of them. So for me, this one hits close to home. And for that reason, myself and Cloudy are good good pals 
I always look forward to calling Cloudy up and hanging out and bonding over our shared insecurities and trauma. And by the end of our hang, we both feel so much better. Hooray! Yay! For me, in my opinion, this movie can make anybody laugh. And it's just a flat out good time. If this movie were a relationship to me, it would be like your favorite cousin. You may not talk very much, and you may forget that the other person exists for a little bit, but as soon as that family reunion rolls around, you know you're in for a great time with lots of laughs and funny stories and crazy memories to share. And this movie is just very close to my heart and my funny bone, and I plan on watching it much more frequently from here on out. Because I don't know about you, but as soon as as soon as those first one-liners hit i was like oh things are gonna be okay (laughs) yeah it's nice it just so many jokes so many feel-good moments exactly oh well that is it everyone thank you from the bottom of our stomachs for (laughs) listening nice if you enjoyed your meal as much as we did then go ahead and do us a favor leave a review and tell us what you liked spread the word Be the Sam to our Flint and let your loved ones know about Show Dependent Podcast. Tell them it's S-H-O Dependent on Spotify, Apple, or wherever they listen to podcasts. You want to follow us on socials as well? It's Show Dependent Pod on Twitter and Insta. The man speaking again is Eddie, and you can find him at Victor V Sweet on Twitter and Twitch. Kayla, where can they find you? In the garbage disposal. But also on Twitter. <laughs> at DJ Vavitch. There you go. Now that we have talked about the horrors of food consumption and waste and of course capitalism, we want to take a quick second to remind you that spooky season is coming up. Because here on Show Dependent, spooky season starts in September. Yeah, it, it does, may baby. even <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Say it again. Yeah, it does, baby. <laughs> Love spooky season. And I know it's hard to find something scarier than capitalism. But next time, we have just the absolute most influential piece of horror in Eddie's life. The thing that started his descent into becoming the horror lover he is today. It is also our first non-movie episode as we bite into the monster that is Resident Evil we once again thank you for following downloading and spreading the word oh and don't forget four eyes four eyes you need glasses to see